coming at you like a cool island breeze. Sorry, sometimes it starts that way. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Uh, I have a short episode today, probably, uh, just from the logistics that are occurring now related to my filming. But just want to touch on some stuff. Uh, as per usual, I have a baby, so he's adorable when I talk about him. Um, he is equally chubby and squishy and wonderful as he has been, but he uh, now is pretty much nocturnal, not by our choice. So he's somehow adapting away from the traditional um, human sleep schedule of night being wakey time and, sorry, night being sleepy time, day being wakey. You can see the effects, and it's, trust me, like a thousand times worse for my wife. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's getting a little bit more, like, responsive and aware of his surroundings. And he does that thing where, like, he grabs your finger, and it's, like, so adorable. Uh, we had two, I, I'm gonna just call it family at this point, like, friends, but, uh, that were, we were at the, I was at the wedding of, well, I guess we both were, on the weekend, and, uh, it's the gentleman who I do the Other Boobies and Suits podcast with, uh, for anyone that ever listens to the crossover episodes, or a very special few who maybe subscribe and listen to both channels. Power to you. Um, you're my favorite people. <laughs> no. But that's the guy, and he married, uh, his sweetheart, and they're just, uh, I say the word sweetheart because they're, like, the sweetest people. She's, like, a, just, a, like, a Disney character, just a genuinely positive uh, force in the world, just a nice, smiley, happy person, and, uh, together they're just very cute, and, uh, yeah, so their wedding was dope as fuck, they had, like, lots of nice, tasteful stuff, and delicious food, and fun times with cool people, and, yeah, I didn't fuck up my speech, I was the best man, so not fucking up a speech is kind of the only thing I had to do, and I threw somebody out at one point, which was not nearly as fighty as I hoped it would be. Um, yeah, good times. So that was fun. Lots of love and positive vibes to them. And I guess to anyone else who knows anyone who got married that weekend, because my wife had five friends or something, or three or four, into, I don't know, It was she did a head count by the end of it, who also got married. And I have two people on my social media I noticed, and there was a celebrity wedding, and I don't know. Love is in the air. And I guess nine months from now, babies will be in the the earth. Okay, that sounds grim. I mean, like, not in the air. Like, it'll be confirmed. They'll be... Yeah, I'm just gonna stop digging. Um, I have not been able to catch as much media as I want, and it was funny. There's a character... I always say character. There was a guest on Movie Fights a long time ago who is herself, like, a YouTube personality named Miss Movies, and um, I've seen some of her stuff since. At the time, I had no idea who she was. But she comes on the episode and she explains, first of all, she's like, I get a lot of flack online from, like, salty, butter people. They're like, Miss Movie is like, you cannot be all the... And she's like, it's not about me being, uh, you know, Mrs. Movies or the, <clears throat> the monarch of the film. She's like, I have kids and I miss movies. <laughs> she's like, at both, I don't get to see them and I, I long to see them. And I get it. And I, that's always been my biggest fear. So, I, I, I mean, in, in preparation... I had a bit of foresight into how important it would be for me to have, like, a movie library at home. So I've been buying up Blu-rays for the past year or so. In that regard, I feel comfortable, but 
going out to see new release movies is obviously like requires planning and requires um, an adapted schedule to say the least and that's one of the things about parenting that you know everyone and literally everyone and their mother can tell you something about parenting and what's annoying is that you find that you have your way of doing things that you like and your baby likes and people around you just won't shut the fuck up and that's a problem you'll have with your parents as we have with our parents and etc but what you really get <laughs> well yeah, just chuckling thinking of you'll butt heads with your parents if you never have before and if you have before it's just way worse <laughs> it's, it's like the Captain America serum like it takes what's good and makes it great and takes Nazis and makes them Red Skull obviously paraphrasing from Dr. Erskine you know you have surgery in the morning what am I doing I don't have surgery it's like the best when he drinks his, his, his drink I will take a second to because that's a that was one of the first purchases when on my quest of Blu-ray compiling was I bought the Captain America trilogy and Captain America First Avenger such a good movie and I love that because kids do not see in, in grays kids do not have the experience or just the time on this earth to be able to understand that there's complications and there's perspective in situations and I was one of those kids and, and if you grow up with any kind of parents or grandparents with strong political leanings or strong religious or cultural affiliations and the sort of um, rivalries and stuff that comes with that you get a little bit indoctrinated whether you want to or not and it takes it takes time, as I said, on this earth, time living your life, usually apart from uh, that kind of exposure, to really define who you are and what your, you know, what your actual opinion is on matters. Uh, something that's not easy to do, <laughs> obviously. But, yeah, uh, sorry for the noise again, this is a mechanical... Uh, mechanical beast we're hearing for right now, but back in uh, a sort of recording studio now. <clears throat> but, yeah, I think it's, it's a very important perspective that you get when he speaks to Dr. Erskine and you find out that this is a gentleman that is from Germany, that was approached by the, I mean, thankfully we can universally say the evil guys, it's not like, they were like the, I don't know, antagonists. Like, they, Nazis make the best villains because they are unquestionably evil. They are just delightfully evil. They are like, they love the organization and the, the fierceness of their work ethic and their lovemaking. They are very angry people. Um, as I said, I grew up as one of those kids, obviously to a Jewish family, and Germans were, were no bueno. Um, my grandmother on my mom's side, my bubby, if you will, who's by nature of being a booby super Jewish uh, <laughs> she's uh, one of those ladies you know of the Jewish culture you know she uh, has homentations at Passover she has uh, a Costco club card but you know the higher level of one <laughs> grandkids that don't call um, yeah she lost family in, in the Holocaust um First of all, my booby is nothing like that. She's not like a whiny Brooklyn uh, old 
saggy Jewish lady. She's she's very wonderful, and she kind of dresses like a cool hippie, so that's pretty neat. She deals antiques, which I thought was rad. She taught me a lot about like uh, spotting and appraising historical items and how to spot fakes. And I've been to auctions with her, and it's very cool. When we were kids, she used to give my brother and I like legitimate treasures on the promise that we did well in school. So we'd meet with her in September after like a week of school in her condo, in like Bobby and Zadie's condo, and there were antiques everywhere. And she'd be like, okay, pick something that you like. And so like, for example, there was like a marble Buddha stamp, like uh, someone's ceiling stamp that was fucking 1800s at the, you know, at the most recent, but probably earlier. And I forget if it was myself or my brother. I gotta believe it was me, but that was the one that caught the eye. And she's like, like no, no question, no care of like what it was or the value. And she knew the value of everything in the place. And she didn't. She had nothing cheap. <laughs> she was like, yeah, go for it. If you get an A, the uh, next report card and whatever, like December from here, you see yours. Come back and take it. And she was good for it. It was lovely. So that's just a cool moment about Bobby. But. Um, she was, you know, very personally affected by it, and I can understand it. Just like if you have a, a bad personal experience with someone or a group of people or a restaurant, you hold on to that. And obviously this is a thousand times worse than anything we can kind of imagine to, to go through. So, for example, as a kid, I was predisposed to dislike German people. And it found that there was, like, when you're very young, it's a sort of a fear-based thing. You're like, oh, they're going to come back and kill you. And then when you get older just sort of develops into like a dislike and a distrust and a resentment because of the cost of what they inflicted but you grow and you get perspective on how someone is not the mistakes of the generation before them and uh, not that wasn't like the turning point for me seeing this movie and being like oh my god there's good like I was I had a lot of um, reflection and learning on that, and Angela Merkel, the um, Chancellor of Germany, I think currently, still, um, was someone I had a lot of respect for and followed the career of a little bit because she had a lot of these very brazen reforms to make it, like, to, to criminalize Holocaust denial, and she was not Jewish, and it was very, you know, like, it's important to, like, talk about history, and it is always important lest we repeat it, as they say. <laughs> I just, I always remember, my brother and I used to have this joke, and it's just, it, it's timelessly accurate. Like, the one fucking takeaway line that every first year, any, like, HIST, like H-I-S-T 101 course, I think, well, universities probably have a similar course code for it. All university intro history courses have some student that is, like, unable to not share with the rest of the class the quote, history is written by the victors. Or, like, they're taught it and they cling to it. and uh, It's such a... Oh, my God. The amount of times in, like, fucking lecture halls where you hear, like, well, what do we know about this? And, like, some dumbass bitch put up there and be like, well, we know that history is written by the victors. And it's like, thanks. <laughs> such the contribution that makes. Um... Yeah, so Captain America's sitting there and he meets this guy that's a German who made the right choice and is helping the good guys and he just, there's, you know, that's just one of the more important lessons really to get out of the film. And that 
you know, you can get super buff through some sort of injection and then, like, chase down a car slash submarine. I love it. To me, it's flawless. I honestly give it the only fault of it not having enough content, specifically fights, because I love that fight montage, but I need more than that. That's like getting an appetizer and not getting a meal. It's like, cool, okay, I guess this was fine, because I'm just going to crush a McDonald's on the way home or a Tim's or something, but... um, Okay, thought we were eating a full meal. <laughs> so, um, I know I brought up movies just because I know I'm, I'm going to probably, unfortunately, miss um, Detective Pikachu. Uh, one other thing, and which oh, name escapes me, and unfortunately, probably Spider-Man: Far From Home, which uh, devastates me. Is probably the first Marvel. Um, I wouldn't do my best to see it, and my wife's pretty good about like like soloing the baby so I can do something like that um because she cares not so much about Spider-Man for some reason um but yeah definitely I feel that effect I remember before the the birth that was one of the things I'm like am I ready for this like am I ready to not be able to like do these things and like on the other side of it like it seems kind of trivial obviously but um that also that being said, I did get to see Endgame. I think that was the thing I was very afraid of missing, but uh, we'll see when other big hitters come out, because I hope, uh, as it stands for the, the movies I mentioned, my wife, I don't think would have a problem missing it, because she doesn't care, but if it turns out to be like a movie, you know, like uh, Wonder Woman, was it 1984 or something? I don't think it's 1984, but when it comes to something like that, where we both have the interest, um, that's really when I think the, the, the test occurs. Um, I mentioned Pokemon and Detective Pikachu, and I had fell into like the weirdest watching binge of Pokemon Sun and Moon. And my wife and I obviously like we love Pokemon. We watched the original show, and since then I think most of the shows were terrible. I mean, I've watched a handful of episodes, and they always just seem to be like very deliberate copies of a previous script or like thematically the same as like a season one like there's an episode where like they go to a haunted house and then there's ghosts and then in the recent scene like it's the same thing different Pokemon similar story you get a lot of that so Sun and Moon we just had on in the background because we Netflix kids and whatever and something about it we just kind of wound up sitting down to watch it a couple more times and by the end of it there was like a vested interest <laughs> I feel like there was some hypno-toad or I guess just a hypno hypno like it just out of nowhere sucked into it not even a problem I, I, I'm not even upset with admitting that although the, the season one intro song is, is not bad and then it gets to this kind of R&B shit for season two and it just takes me way out of it um, I thought that it's extremely strange, and I think the reason I, I, I personally, the reason I started to really watch the show was because there is a very subtle but like strong, noticeable current that's changed of humans and Pokemon's Pokemon. I don't know. We'll get back to that grammatically. Humans and Pokemon existing in a, a sort of violent way with each other because 
they used to be afraid to tackle that because the Pokedex would be like, Arcanine can run at like the speed of light, bite through a tank. And it's like, well, what if it bit a kid? Like, then the kid obviously is going to fucking die. And what do they put down the Pokemon? And there's police and like, what do guns even do? There was just a big. But now they're full on into it in this Alola region, which I guess is Hawaii, but Sans Dog the Bounty Hunter keeping the peace. They just often will have like people get attacked by Pokemon. Pokemon use like use bullet seed on ash and like um meowth using like scratch and someone just like shielding it with their arm being like uh when really it would cut you to the fucking bone you know using bullet seed or bubble beam on a human's unprotected skull would blast that face apart the skin lacerations and i mean depending is for bullet seed especially the bone fragments and the, the absolute fracturing of your face it's just it's whack I get that like Ash being electrocuted is like a long time running gag but I think well there's a theory he died in episode one and this has all been a trip and I don't believe that but I think we believe that he's either insulated himself slightly with his shoes of some kind or it's a low level enough shock that just looks dangerous or it is what it is it's just something about like you can't get like tail whipped by a fucking onyx and then be like Oh, are you okay, Charmander? I'm glad I jumped in the way. Like, no, you're in a fucking body cast for a hundred years now. Uh, there's also tons of, like, reliance on Pokemon, whereas before... I just remember in the original show, it was like there were cities that were normal cities, and people had Pokemon, but they didn't, like, affect the flow or the, the design or the the zeitgeist of the world, whereas, and my wife always tells me it's just because it's in the Alola region, but I just think that's, like, now the way they do it, because we can explain more, and there's the wikis, and so much, like, game and movie universe building that they've done, like, oh, well, my farm is just has, like, mill tanks on it, whereas before it would have been, like, I have cows on my farm, and there's, like, maybe, like, we have an Arcanine because there's a dog, and, like, this, but there was not... I don't know, it just seems like Pokemon have become integral to their, their world. And I, I love it, I just feel like it makes it so much more dangerous. <laughs> like, these fire Pokemon, they, like you use flamethrower, quote, which is like a fairly low level, not even that powerful move, roast someone alive. Like, and then with the police show up and they have a Pokemon, like this Jenny lady shows up with a snubble or a grand bull or something, like a just dog, it's a pink ruffled bull or bulldog looking thing so what does that do what is like what if there's a hostage situation and they got guns and there's a sniper Jenny on from the block is going to show up on her scooter with that pink dog and they're going to put a bullet in the dog I mean like what she got guns and then like what do Pokemon is there a gun Pokemon I don't know give it to like the next season or two actually I think the next game is called like Pokemon Sword which is if I'm not mistaken, there is a Pokemon that's like a sword and a ghost or something, and I just... I don't know. They still do make new Pokemon in current generations that are, are unique and original and I think are great and worthwhile. Like I watched a whole fucking episode about Dupiter. I think it's like Dew Spider. Call it Dupiter. I don't know. I just, we watched it because the name was just so stupid and it was funny. But it's a realistic, like, animal creature that exists. It's like a spider that can breathe underwater, and then to get around between ponds, it makes, like, a bubble of water. Like, I could believe, like, 
watching that on planet Earth in some like segment that David Attenborough tells me that exists in the Amazon. I could dig it. But then you get stuff like this is a floating pair of keys. <laughs> Where it's like we have muck, so why do we need like a trash Pokemon? And also, like, what is that? Does that not exist unless there's people making it exist? Muck was described as enjoying living amongst toxic waste. Muck was not like created by it. This is like a fucking ice cream cone Pokemon. So what is... I don't know. Detective Pikachu looks amazing. That's kind of what got us into the swing of watching some Pokemon stuff. So I hope that's good. Um, Gaming's been kind of minimal. I have been in Fortnite for a while. Um, I'm kind of in that like 30... Silverish level of of the season. Um, I went hard last time because I wanted to max out a battle pass once and get that feeling. And now I just I don't think I really care so much. I don't even really understand a lot of the nuance of this season and the fort bits or whatever. Um, some of the rewards have been cool. It's cool that they have a dual wielding melee weapon now. Not that it it's just really a cosmetic swing change, but it's for some reason we waited. Was it nine seasons for that? Eight? I don't know. Um, I was thinking Game of Thrones, because, like the rest of the world, I'm kind of, like, nursing that wound still. And I've got, um, I don't know, everybody's got fan theories. I think it's fair to throw my own, like, sort of fan pitch of what I wish would have happened. Um, during the Battle of Winterfell, which was, in my opinion, should, should be the ending, the high point of the show. You should not have anything after that that is an episode. You should have like a ten minute resolution scene afterwards that ties up all the knots which people will be receptive to. Make that it. Shuffle the order around a bit and make it work. But what should have happened in the battle was when like we'd hype it up and we'd make it seem like the, the music and everything will get to a crescendo when Daenerys is sort of hovering with Drogon above the Night King and she Dracarises him and he like that smile was amazing. That smile showed us that this character is not just an unflinching, you know, unthinking wall of ice and death. He's it's like there's a there's a consciousness there. There's a, a sense of humor, I guess. But as soon as she does it and the flames fade and we see him smile, time should come to a stop or a crawl. And I want to see, like, a zoom-in of her eyes dilating in fear of the realization that, like, the strongest creature on Earth and her, like, ace in the hole for everything does nothing and is, like, not going to work. So in very, very, very slow motion, the time starts to resume a little bit and pick up, but more it's, like, starting to... It's showing the slow, but... Because time is slowed, but the frantic escaping and the attempted vertical exit of Drogon as he's like, you know, gathering himself and I'm making weird like dragon arm flapping motions and I guess you guys won't be able to see that so he's like trying to right himself and go up really quickly and she's like urging him on with panic in her face and happening quicker than that and since this is all in slow-mo you're like this is like some flash shit the Night King is either pulling a spear out of somewhere or making one, I don't care and before she is able to do anything, because just, he's faster, he skewers it, man. Fucking throws it through its heart. It gives out, like, it fucking flops down with her on it. And he 
you know, she tumbles off it, it dies, it stays there, and he's walking towards her, music's pumping, everyone's like, oh my god, this is the end, he's gonna kill Danny. And then he stops, and there's sort of, it's like when the Nazgul, when the Nazgul's head gets cut off and the Night King is, like, fighting Eowyn beside it, these guys are positioned beside Drogon's face, kind of, and the Night King just stands there, and instead of finishing her, she's, like, confused for a moment, and then she starts to maybe, like, cry, I don't know, people are going to be like, you're making her too weak. She starts to emote because she realizes what he's going to do. That's obviously as a parent, we're supposed to emphasize that she's a parent. It's hard for her to see that. And so we see the flicker of the dragon's blue eyes as it sort of begins to open its mouth. Again, time's kind of in a 0.5 speed right now. Um, it's going to roast her with blue fire. The Night King maybe smiles again for a brief smile. I'm not sure, but the, uh, we get that same camera trick where he was before, originally, when he's reaching for his weapon and Arya comes out of nowhere. We get that same level of Arya coming absolutely out of nowhere, but more believably like she's jumped from behind the dragon or the rocks or something. Like, we'll set it up better. But it's in the cover of all of that happening that she kills the Night King. And she does it the same way. I'm cool with that. I like that they reused the maneuver that she perfected or was practicing with Brienne. But she kills him. And then there's shattering and everything, including Drogon, gets extinguished. And so his, his eyes go out in blue and the fire dies and just collapses dead. And this is just so much better. Because... Fuck her going crazy and blowing up King's Landing, because that's bullshit. That's just a shitty payoff that she's just fire and blood, and oh, Targaryens be crazy, bitches be crazy. That's lame, man. That's not good shit. And if you want her to be crazy and be bloodthirsty, this still gives you that. But what this does is take all the dragons out, which is kind of a better ending than one of them just lives randomly in the countryside and fucking burns towns at will, because the only city that had dragon-capable killing ballistas is burnt to, to shit, and the only boats that had them are sank, so I guess that dragon roams free and unchecked forever now. Because thankfully it can't reproduce, although maybe it'll find some, like, large enough animal equivalent. I don't, I don't know what that would be, but there's stuff west of Westeros, apparently. Maybe it's there. Um... Yeah, I'm not trying to toot my horn. I don't think it's especially creative. I just think that if you wipe the dragons out, that's a more conclusive solution there. You give a more believable and concrete reason for Daenerys to to go insane if you still want to somehow have her use that green dragon fire. What was it called? Black fire. The stuff that Tyrion uses to defend uh, King's Landing you see a lot of it blowing up as Drogon's making passes, so we can still, you know, you can still blow up the city. She's done it before. Someone's done it before. Um, yeah, I think you need that happening. And then maybe simultaneously, you know, there's just, there's no reason to end the way it did just, you have such a strong, powerful scene, you should have had the battle, you should have had that council happen five minutes after the battle, five, ten, twenty fucking minutes of resolutions and talking and end the show and have it be glorious don't fucking 
just beat your meat and a bunch of useless like write-off scenes that just let you run over to Star Wars quickly and actually piss on the progress a lot of us wanted to see happen for characters we love it is uh, not uh, very nice to ruin characters that uh, people have uh, rooted for for so long yeah that's kind of a beef that I have as well, though. Uh, Kit Harrington, Jon Snow, he went on and he was like, Fuck you if you're saying it's not a good show. A lot of people worked on it. It took a lot of time. It's like, yes, it did take a lot of time and a lot of people worked on it, but that doesn't mean you can't criticize something. And honestly, people need to be checked in how they criticize because, you know, if people didn't like the ending, it winds up being like, I'm going to fucking kill you, Sophie Turner. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Firstly, actors are not the characters they play. Second of all, I don't doubt that every single person involved, including Sophie Turner, because I just want to, you know, specifically say how awesome of a job she did, because she apparently was faced with some, like, bullying and, and fans being salty cunts, and I think that's bullshit. She did a great job. But people are entitled to dislike things. They just need to disassociate the fact that there's, like, actors who were given scripts and told what to do, and even if they acted their best... You know, they're acting within the confines of, of being told what to do. So, if you didn't like an episode, yeah, maybe blame the writers. You can maybe blame some people. You can throw around the blame. But you can't be super mean and murdery about it. And you also uh, need to know where the blame goes. I managed to see John Wick 2. I don't know if I mentioned that last time. Loved it. I still... Th- oh, okay, because the, the third one is definitely going to be something I can't see. <laughs> and, yeah, I think... Shadow of War? More, more Shadow of... I don't know. I got that sequel to the Lord of the Rings game. I think Shadow of Mordor was first. And I've been going hard on that. Although it's one of those Grand Theft Auto situations where they introduce you to a world and they give you all the tools and it's pretty fun so you have very little motivation to do any storylines or plots so I just turn it on butcher Urukai like a I don't know like 300 pound ninja that, that makes me picture Beverly Hills Ninja and that's not an accurate mental picture um, your character is extremely agile and, and I don't know lathe and elven and such but you're like this burly ranger dude with like three swords and a bow on you and you wear full plate armor <laughs> clearly heavy as shit but the best part about the game is always the stealth because it, unlike other games where people can you know maybe like recognize you or see you Urukai are just blind garbage sentries all the time so you can pretty much walk at them from the front or at least just from slightly to the to an angle to the side maybe just 70 degrees to the, you know, facing the shoulder, they still just won't see you. You can grab them, and oftentimes it takes them a minute to see you. So they make pretty great people to assassinate, but it's a fun runaround game. It's very Assassin's Creed. You turn it on, you commit some murders, call it a day. Uh, yeah, I don't really have any lengthy issues or gears need to be grinded. Um, 
I guess before I go, I just wanted to take a minute to acknowledge um, another shitty world event, but, you know, stuff that's shitty still needs to be talked about, especially when there's uh, victims. And in Japan, there was unfortunately a stabbing. It was yesterday, or, you know, time zones, maybe I'm going to make that a bit tricky, but some crazy guy, um, knife-wielding, I think the guy was in his 50s, he killed, uh, I think, a 12-year-old girl, schoolgirl, and a 30-something-year-old man, I think, and he injured, last I heard, it was like 19 other of the schoolgirls that attended the institution that this happened in front of, I think, while they were boarding a bus. So, yeah, I just hope that guy winds up getting pineapples shoved up his ass somewhere in hell, because that's pretty sick and fucked up, and for anyone affected, um, that's terrible, and I'm sorry, and uh, you know, it's cliche of thoughts and prayers, so uh, at the very least I'll phrase it differently, but y- you are in, in the thoughts of people on the other side of the world that have heard that, and, and you know, it's, what you're going through is tragic and terrible, and I find that some perspective that you get that's really important when you get older is that, you know, denominations and cultural national affiliations matter a lot less. What matters more is that we're all really just people and we're all very similar. And something like that is it's tragic for all of us. Sorry. It's just very shitty to think of someone for both the the person itself, the child and the parents, the perspective of just sending your kid to school at 12 years old, you know, just a random day and that kind of shit. So, I don't know, it just seems we're tragically desensitized to this kind of thing happening in the first place, but there's a, you know, a dangerous unfamiliarity of it happening in Japan, which... I'm not uh, unaware of previous, uh, actually specifically previous knife-based attacks, but attacks of any kind are, are garbage, and, you know, let's try to be nicer to each other out there. So I'm going to call it for today. Uh, I hope the audio was good. I hope whatever you're working on in your respective lives goes well, and yeah. It's only Tuesday, so I hope this week goes by quickly. Thanks for listening, guys, and I will see you next time.